0: Welcome to Not Alone, on Table Radio, a series for Lent. Our reader today is Tim Hardy, and our musicians are Josh Wilton, Katie Wilton, and Coco Relieve. Perhaps like some of you, I grew up with C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, and have read them countless times since. They're full of beautiful images, of God and of the Gospel, one of which I want to read to you now. This is the episode that is frequently called to mind when I think of repentance, and since repentance is one of the themes of Lent, I thought it was appropriate. It's from The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. It centers on the character of Eustace. Eustace has a bit of a nasty streak and has been a very unpleasant companion on the voyage. One day he is separated from the others, and in a rainstorm takes shelter in a cave of a recently deceased dragon. When he finds that the cave is full of treasure, he greedily fills his pockets with gold and slips a diamond bracelet on his arm, and then he falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he discovers, to his great horror, that he has turned into a dragon. And the bracelet is now much too small and pinches his arm painfully. He spends some time as a rather miserable dragon and then has an encounter that he later describes to his cousin Edmund. Well, as I say, I was lying awake and wondering what on earth would become of me. And then, but, mind you, it may have been all a dream, I don't know. Go on, said Edmund, with considerable patience. Well, anyway, I looked up and saw the very last thing I expected, a huge lion coming slowly towards me. And one queer thing was that there was no moon last night, but there was moonlight where the lion was. So it came nearer and nearer. I was terribly afraid of it. You may think that being a dragon, I could have knocked any lion out easily enough. But it wasn't that kind of fear. I wasn't afraid of it eating me. I was just afraid of it, if you can understand. Well, it came close up to me and looked straight into my eyes and I shut my eyes tight. But that wasn't any good because it told me to follow it. You mean it spoke? (sighs) I don't know. Now that you mention it, I don't think it did. But it told me all the same. And I knew I'd have to do what it told me. So I got up and followed it. And it led me a long way into the mountains and there was always this moonlight over and round the lion wherever we went. So at last we came to the top of a mountain I'd never seen before, and on the top of this mountain there was a garden, trees and fruit and everything. In the middle of it there was a well. I knew it was a well because you could see the water bubbling up from the bottom of it, but it was a lot bigger than most wells, like a very big round bath with marble steps going down into it. The water was as clear as anything, and I thought if I could get in there and bathe, it would ease the pain in my leg. But the lion told me I must undress first. Mind you, I I don't know if he said any words out loud or not. I, I was just going to say that I couldn't undress because I hadn't any clothes on, when I suddenly thought that dragons are snaky sort of things, and snakes can cast their skins. Oh, of course, thought I. That's what the lion means. So I started scratching myself, and my scales began coming off all over the place. And then I scratched a little deeper, and instead of just scales coming off here and there, my whole skin started peeling off beautifully, like it does after an illness, or as if I was a banana. In a minute or two, I just stepped out of it. I could see it lying there beside me, looking rather nasty. It was a most lovely feeling. So I started to go down into the well for my bathe. But just as I was going to put my feet into the water, I looked down and saw that they were all hard and rough and wrinkled and scaly, just as they had been before. That's all right, said I. It only means I had another smaller suit on underneath the first one, and I'll have to get out of it, too. So I scratched and tore again, and this underskin peeled off beautifully, and out I stepped, and left it lying beside the other one, and went down to the well for my bathe. Well, exactly the same thing happened again! And I thought to myself, oh dear, however many skins have I got to take off? For I was longing to bathe my leg. So I scratched away for the third time, and got off a third skin, just like the two others, and stepped out of it. But as soon as I looked at myself in the water, I knew it had been no good. Then the lion said, but I don't know if it spoke. You will have to let me undress you. I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you, but I was pretty near desperate now so I just lay flat down on my back to let him do it. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. You know, if you've ever picked the scab of a sore place, It hurts like bilio, but it is such fun to see it coming away. I I know exactly what you mean, said Edmund. Well, he peeled the beastly stuff right off, just as I thought I'd done myself the other three times, only they hadn't hurt. And there it was, lying on the grass, only ever so much thicker and darker and more knobbly-looking than the others had been. And there was I, as smooth and soft as a peeled switch, and smaller than I had been. Then he caught hold of me. I didn't like that much, for I was very tender underneath now that I had no skin on, and threw me into the water. It smarted like anything, but only for a moment. After that, it became perfectly delicious, and as soon as I started swimming and splashing, I found that all the pain had gone from my arm. And then I saw why. I turned into a boy again. You'd think me simply phony if I told you how I felt about my own arms. I know they've no muscle and are pretty moldy compared with Caspians, but I was so glad to see them. After a bit, the lion took me out and dressed me. Dressed you? With his paws? Well, I don't exactly remember that bit, but he did somehow or other, in new clothes, the same I've got on now, as a matter of fact. And then suddenly I was back here, which is what makes me think it must have been a dream. No, it wasn't a dream, said Edmund. Why not? Well, there are the clothes, for one thing, And you have been, well, undragoned for another. What do you think it was then? Asked Eustace. I think you've seen Aslan, said Edmund. It would be nice and fairly nearly true to say that from that time forth, Eustace was a different boy. To be strictly accurate, He began to be a different boy. He had relapses. There were still many days when he could be very tiresome. But most of those I shall not notice. The cure had begun. Listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors, so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Theme music for this series written by Richard Charter. For more information, go to RichardChartermusic.com. To learn more about our community, please go to TableChurch.ca.